you don't just live in your home, you live in your neighborhood as well. So when you're shopping for a home, you want to know as much about the area around it as possible. Luckily, Homes.com has got you covered. Each listing features a comprehensive neighborhood guide from local experts. Everything you'd ever want to know about a neighborhood, including the number of homes for sale, transportation, local amenities, cultural attractions, unique qualities, and even things like median lot size and a noise score. Homes.com. We've done your homework. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Episode 160, Demystifying the Credit Score. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And today we are talking about a really exciting topic. Lots of twists, turns, so many things. The credit score. I'm so excited. Are you excited, Jill? You know what? I'm excited because I'm feeding off of your excitement. This does <laughs> not hold the same level of thrill for me, but it is a really important topic. And I know that it comes with the territory of talking about frugality and personal finance. And I know I've had friends and family kind of talk about this. Of course, I have a credit score and it has been an important (laughs) factor in the things I've done in my life. But yes, I'm glad that we've chosen the word demystifying because Mm -hmm. it has always seemed like one of those things of you don't really know how your score happens and don't check it or that'll make it bad too. And just try and be good, but you don't really know how to be good and good luck. So this is good. It's good to get into some of the details. Yeah. Nobody likes to talk about the credit score. I get that. Nobody gets excited about it. I get excited because it is a great way to save money on things like a house or a car. So I love it. And it can also like help you get a job if they check your credit report for some reason. So this is a super important, awfully debated area of personal finance uh, that we are going to really get into and shed some light on. So, But first, our sponsors. Mm. So today's episode is brought to you by another podcast. You've heard us talk about it. If you like podcasts, you'll definitely want to subscribe to Frugal Living. It's sponsored by Brad's Deals, uh, one of the longest-running deal sites on the internet. It is chock full of savings apps, financial tips, and stories on how to live better for less. They just started their second season, and they're covering a variety of topics you can easily apply to your lifestyle, like when's the best time to buy TVs or flowers? 
and how to safely shop online and avoid scams. You'll even meet a food waste warrior who talks about dumpster diving. Love that topic. Yes. You will hear from consumers just like you, as well as industry experts, breaking down unique and different ways to shop smarter, which you know we absolutely love. Frugal Living is hosted by Jim Marcus, an editor at Brad's Deals, and is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. So subscribe to join the conversation and learn something knew about frugal living. Also brought to you by demystification. Like when the (laughs) wizard is revealed to be just a regular human or when you learned that no one actually looks that good, it's just a filter. Demystification, making seemingly daunting things super manageable. Use code lions and tigers and bears to take 10% off the mystery and scariness of credit scores. (laughs) Wow. Added a little promo code in there. (laughs) I know, right? Don't forget the pluses between lions and tigers and bears. (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) Taking out the oh, my of code scores. I love that. So let's start talking about the credit score. So we want to get into what it is, what are the parts of it, and how do we raise it? Because that's all we really care about, right, is what is it, why do I need it, and how do I make it better? Mm-hmm. So our first article is from Experian, which is one of the three major credit bureaus. And it is aptly titled, What is a Good Credit Score? <laughs> so <laughs> if you want a good read on credit scores, this is a riveting one. Well, it's just really good SEO because you know that's what everybody is Google searching. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. okay, here's my credit score. What? What's a good one? How do I know where I fall? And if you are going to find out, like if you want to know what a good credit score is, you want to either hear from FICO, Experian, TransUnion, or Equifax. Those are really the four most important names that you need to know. Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion are the three major credit bureaus. That means like where your transactions and everything are reported to. Doesn't mean all of your transactions, all of your um, like debt stuff and credit stuff, they're not always reported to all three credit bureaus. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they just use one or two. Um, But FICO is actually the name of the score. That's the name of the credit score. And there's also Vantage score, but most banks and everybody, if they're not using their own proprietary credit scoring method, they're using FICO. And so what FICO stands for, it's just Fair, Isaac, and Company. They're a data analytics company. That's it. That's so weird. You would think that it was more of a title versus just a company yeah. who came well, up with that. I mean, if you think about it, this like all finance is business. So like you're trying, I mean, theoretically, you're trying to increase your like, quote unquote, personal, you know, business or stature or whatever by like getting something you technically can't afford with the cash you have, which is not a bad thing, but you're just like trying to get ahead. So you need to take out some kind of loan. So you go to a bank, which is also a business And the bank tries to figure out if you're credit worthy. So they go to a third party business, Fair Isaac and Company or Equifax, TransUnion, Experian, whatever. And that data company figures out if you're credit worthy. So it's all like a business. Mm -hmm. It's not, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but in my experience, when I've gotten a credit score for whether I'm applying to live in an apartment or when we went through our home buying process, 
we get the scores from at least two of those different places. Mm -hmm. I think for us, it was our FICO and experience scores and they were different. I mean, they were within relatively the same range, but they weren't the same number. For us, we were told we can use the higher number to kind of report on and show what our credit is. I don't know if yeah, yeah. you would affirm that, Jen. Yeah. I mean, so to my – and I'm not a credit expert. I would love to be one. It's it's. I think it's super interesting. But these credit reporting bureaus use the FICO data to determine their own score. So it is the FICO score, whether you're going, whether you're getting it from Experian, Equifax, or TransUnion, it's still called a FICO score. When you hear credit score, they're interchangeable. Or Vantage score, that's a different data company. Yeah. So, but yeah, you, and they, and they, for some reason, they just translate the data in different ways and they will, all three of them will show you something different. But that's why they have ranges. So they have like poor, fair, good, excellent. And the, the range is from 300 to 850. So a good FICO score technically starts at 670, but most experts usually agree it's probably around 700. Like at 700 plus is when you start seeing like the best rates possible. So an excellent starts at 800. And it's really once you hit 800, there's no advantage to trying to get your score any higher. I see people on the internet that are like going for this elusive 850 and it's like, Why? Mm-hmm. You're just playing. You're just trying to play a game at that point. It's just but a competition. Yeah, they just want to is- be able to say I'm perfect. Yeah, and yeah. I've got another number to show that I'm perfect. Yeah, good. I mean, they just need to believe that they are worthy without a good, without a perfect credit score. Yes. So, but so I mean, most Americans do have a good FICO score or better. So this isn't something where people are trying to hold you back or, or anything. Most Americans do have a good FICO score, but if you can get your FICO score to at or around 800, then that's where you save the most money, whether you're trying to get a mortgage, whether you're refinancing or getting credit cards. I mean, you can get starting at 700, you can start to get the good travel hacking credit cards. So that's kind of why the credit score is important for us. Yeah. So, yeah. And then now, now that we know FICO, we know TransUnion, Experian, Equifax. I've been writing about this stuff for years, and I still confuse Experian and Equifax. Um, it's I'll always <laughs> they remember both have ease. right. I'll always remember one and not the other. I always remember TransUnion though. So we're going to skip over looking at Vantage Score. Jill, yeah. tell us about what affects our credit score. Mm, yes, this article <laughs> from Experian goes through some of the top things, which for me was really helpful as I learn along with my other frugal friends. What all goes into a credit score? There are some things that can be, I think, elusive. There are some things that are like, all right, within a couple of points, like how is this completely figured out? But there are some basic tenets to this, including payment history, meaning are you making on-time payments to any of your credit card accounts or loans, mortgage, do you have missing payments? Are there accounts that are have gone to collections agencies? Have you filed bankruptcy in the past? All of these things can affect payment history, which affects credit score. Another component is credit usage, which is 
how many accounts you have that have balances and then how much you owe and the portion of your credit limit that you're using on all of those revolving accounts. So meaning if you've got a credit card that has a max limit of $15,000, how much the percentage of that that you utilize in reality determines credit usage. Then you've got length of credit history. So a lot of this, as we'll talk about later on too, is just playing the long game and patience that it does take time to build up a good credit score. Sometimes people who are younger, if you're just starting out into adulthood, you might have a poor credit score. It's not necessarily reflective of you've done something bad. A poor credit score can just be reflective of no credit. You've just not interacted with loans and credit card accounts, that kind of a thing. So how long of a credit history that you've built up and then all of those other components that we've talked about too, how you've interacted with those payments and the percentage of credit that you've utilized throughout time. And then the types of accounts that you that you have, some people might also call this a credit mix. This could include installment accounts, which are your car loan, any personal loans, mortgage, and revolving accounts. So those would be the things that you're kind of utilizing regularly, like a credit card or a line of credit. And so how you interact with and manage both of those types of accounts and the responsibility that you're showing with each of those Um, plays into your credit score. And then finally, recent activity. So this considers whether you've recently applied or opened new accounts or closed accounts, whatever your recent activity has been, plays into your overall credit score. So those are the five things that make up the FICO and the Vantage score. And so they both take different approaches to like evaluating the importance of each But again, we're just going to focus on FICO because that is the main thing that banks use. So let's like dive a little bit deeper into all five of these. So the first payment history, that is most important. So literally, it's just make your payments on time in full every month. It is weighted at 35% of your credit score. And so it's most important is what banks and stuff will look at most because obviously they want to make sure that you will pay them back. And then the rest, the last, what is it, three, are kind of just like icing on the cake. But it's really the payment history is really the most important and then credit usage. But I would say this is a another part of the long game. Like you can't just open a bunch of accounts and like make your payment history like longer. You have to, you know, do the the mortgage thing, do the auto loan thing, do the credit card thing and do it wisely for a long amount of time to get to an excellent score. Mm. I'm putting you on the spot, but would you advise somebody to do an auto loan for this reason? It would be if you like never had a student loan and don't, have a mortgage, then it could be wise for you to have an auto loan for like a period of time. I think the most, more important than that, that would just, honestly, so many people have student loans and so many people want to buy a house. It's not, that's not where I would put my focus. My, I would put my focus on getting 
a credit card and keeping that open and letting that build up your length of time. And and we'll we'll talk about that in a second, but that's probably where I would put my focus. Okay. So the second most important part of your credit score is your credit usage. This is weighted at 30% of your credit score, what makes up a big component of how you get your score. So this has to do with how much available credit you have and how much of that available credit you utilize. You could literally figure out your actual percentage of usage. And they say you want it to be no more than 30%. I think we'll talk about that later too in the next article. But this also makes up 30% of your credit score. Mm -hmm. So if you're utilizing a lot of your available credit, this could indicate that you're overextended. And banks might interpret this to mean that you're a higher risk of defaulting. So again, to use that example of let's say you have a credit limit of $15,000 and you are kind of maxing that out every month that is going to impact your score significantly, again, because your score is indicative of how well you interact with some of these loans and payments, how res- how financially responsible you are, according to FICO. <laughs> so making sure that that ratio, that there's a bigger percentage of ratio between what's available to you and what you utilize. Yeah. I think this is the most, the least understood part of the uh, FICO score because people see that 30% and they say, oh, I need to have somewhere between 10 and 30% of credit in order to keep a good credit score. And that is a mis- that's a misnomer. It's 30% max, not keep 30% at or around. And so you should never keep a balance on your credit card. There's debate, obviously, on the topic, but the way that cards are set up to be paid is that your the day that your credit card will report to the credit bureaus is different from the date you are billed. And so if you are billed on the billing date, you're not going to pay any interest for what you just accrued. But if you still have a little bit of balance on the day that they report to the credit bureaus, they're going to see that you had activity. Like the credit bureaus will see that without the credit card company charging you interest for keeping that revolving balance. So don't worry about like if you're paying your credit card off every month and they're like, oh, they're going to see zero every month and they're going to think I'm not using credit. No, they see you paid your bill every month. They see you know, what's on there and that you paid your bill, that you're on time, the credit card company will report that you are on time. They will get that. So don't worry. Don't pay for a higher credit score. It Mm -hmm. defeats the purpose. Your credit score helps you save money. So paying for it is not wise. Good word. So the next part is average length of credit history. And so if the first two are highly weighted, this one's a mid-weight, but it is important. It just takes the average length of every loan or card that you have and gives you an app, like how long it's been open and gives you an average length of history. And so we realized the importance of this one firsthand because we churn credit cards for travel hacking, not like every month, but every every three or four months. Mm-hmm. And so Travis actually has a credit score of 800. And that's excellent. Mm-hmm. So we don't try, we're not trying to get any better than that. But 
he was denied for his last two credit cards because, and he was fine before, but we refinanced our home in July of last year. And so we, we didn't realize that, um, because we close cards like before the year's up, so we don't have to pay the annual fee again. He doesn't have any like credit card history like I do. I opened a card at 18, so like I can churn every ever other month and virtually no difference on my score. But because we refinanced our home and we took those several years off of the his credit history, that really impacted his average length of credit history. So right now it's eight months and he literally just got denied for a card hmm. last week. So, but everything else is excellent. How did that take years off his credit history? Like if he had still previously had cards, do they not see that? Because we closed the cards before a year. And so he didn't have a full year on the other card that he had. And now, I mean, he only has eight months of credit history. According to FICO, he only has eight months of credit history because when we closed one loan, for our first mortgage and refinanced, that made that started a new loan. So that so has shortened he, his credit history. Throughout his adult years, not had a credit card for longer nope. than a year. Oh, interesting. Nope. And we just didn't think about it because we didn't start yeah. travel hacking until we had had our home for almost a year. So he had almost a year of, you know, on a loan. And that mm-hmm. was a, that was our only loan at the time. We didn't start travel hacking until we paid off all our debt. So we started with a year's worth of credit history mm-hmm. and good credit. So so even with a high credit score, they're still looking at what makes up that credit score and making mm-hmm. their decision off of that. Are we able to see as like the consumers what the different percentage, like yes. where we're weighted with it? So you can sign up for Credit Karma actually, and they will tell you, and this is how I figured it out, that he has like excellent credit but yeah and it'll show you your different um like all the five factors and give you a little color if it's green then it's good and then under length of credit it's red and it says eight months Mm. so uh we're gonna wait until that is at least a year before we try again for him okay Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for answering yeah. all my questions on and the pod. I, I think it has to do more with the credit cards, more mm-hmm. so than a mortgage or car loan. So that's mm-hmm. a so that's the different type of credit. Um, speaking to credit mix, it's so interesting to realize that even if you have a good score, they're still going to look at the different makeups of that mm-hmm. score and make their decision off of that. So you do kind of want to look good in each of these categories. Yeah, you really, really do. So the other ones that also play into your overall credit score, again, is your type of credit and new credit. Both carry 10% weight. So not important enough to lose sleep over, obviously, but you would like to see various types of loans and they don't want to see a lot of credit applications all together, which is kind of what you're indicating with Travis and Jen, like kind of, yeah, this rotating thing. Well, not a lot of time, but also that you've got different types. So that's why if you're shopping for a mortgage or a car loan, you have the option to get pre-approved and you can do that as many times as you want to get the best deal without that affecting your score. So know that you can do that. 
And I think that that's a thing that has changed too. Like I used to hear, don't check your score. It affects your score. And now they've changed that where, yeah, you can know what's happening. It's so funny. All the things our parents told us growing up or other people told us growing up, they're finance related are so negligible now, yet we still believe them. And they're and they're not important anymore because technology has allowed so many advances and taken the things that used to be like really annoying and made them convenient. And and the credit score is one of them. So you still your credit score um, from the actual bureau is free once a year. That's always been, but you can do like a regular credit check at Credit Karma. And that doesn't affect – you can do that whenever. It's not an official report, but you can do that whenever. And that's free. That doesn't affect your score. Pre-approval for loans doesn't affect your score. Like, they don't want to see you have, like, 20 applications for credit in one month. That's kind of like they want you to keep that down. But one every three months, they don't really care about. Mm-hmm. My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com frugal. That's mintmobile.com frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com frugal. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Now that I have kids, I'm hyper aware of the information I put online. But unfortunately, there's only so much I can do. Our personal information is everywhere on the internet, and I don't have time to monitor and take it off every website. That's why I personally use Delete Me. DeleteMe is a service that finds and removes any personal information from hundreds of data broker websites and make sure it stays off. DeleteMe isn't just a one-time service. It's always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you don't want on the internet. I signed up, completed a questionnaire, and they took it from there, submitting opt-out requests to data broker sites and keeping my personal info private. To take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. Now, add a special discount for our listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com frugal and use promo code FRUGAL at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash FRUGAL and enter code FRUGAL at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash FRUGAL, code FRUGAL. All right, that is this one. So you guys all know what a credit score entails. So Mm, I guess we maybe should have, we should have also defined credit report because that's different from the credit score. Your credit score is on your credit report. And the things that are on your credit report determine your credit score. So they are different things. And we will talk about the credit report a little bit in this next article from The Balance. And it is 10 ways to improve 
your credit score. And we won't go through all 10, but they are really good ways. Again, improving your credit score is a long game. So if you don't have any delinquencies or you, you know you're going good, then most of the time it's just keep paying those bills on time and just you know, keep going. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, maintain what you've Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, there's no secret to growing like by 50 points in a month. That's just not the point. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, anybody that tells you they can do that is is lying. So the first one on here is definitely, it's get a copy of your credit report. And then I'm also going to combine that with the other one that's dispute any errors because that's why you get a copy of your mm-hmm. credit report is so that you can make sure, and you want to get a copy of your credit report from each of the major bureaus, so Experian, Equifax, TransUnion, you need one from each of those. And then you'll see, usually, they are the same for all three. It's not common, but it's not uncommon that there will be errors. Don't expect them, but don't be surprised if you find one. And you can get the full official report from each of those bureaus at annualcreditreport.com once a year. Or like I said before, you can just check at Credit Karma whenever. And honestly, like, I feel like Credit Karma is good enough. And then if you see something weird on Credit Karma, then get your annual credit report. But definitely do it at least once a year. So if you find an inaccuracy, you're going to have to dispute it. If you see it on multiple reports, you're actually going to have to dispute it at each bureau. So if you see it on two reports, you're just going to report it to those two bureaus. If you just see it on one, you only have to do it at one. Or if you see it on all three, unfortunately, you have to do it at all three. But the way you do that is that each bureau has a dispute center on its website. So all this can be done online. It's very easy. You don't have to pay somebody to do it. And um, so you can literally just Google Equifax Dispute Center or TransUnion Dispute Center and you will find it. It'll be the first thing on Google. But yeah, so that's how you dispute any errors. And then also if you get any, like if you have any delinquencies that you pay off and you see one of those like negative dings on your credit report, but it says paid in full, you can actually get that taken off or you can attempt to. So you can write what's called a goodwill letter and ask the bureau to take off any like any of those paid in full delinquencies off of your off of your credit report and we're going to I'm going to put a link to a sample goodwill letter in the show notes if you want to see one of those but that's the most important that's the easiest thing that's if you're going to improve your credit score by leaps and bounds very quickly this is the most important way to do it but not everybody has these this is just like if you have errors or paid off delinquencies. Mm-hmm. It's a good wh- it's good to know where you're starting from. I mean similar yeah. to when we talk about budgets and tracking your spending, like this is the equivalent to that. What are we working with? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. What is going on? What yes. is our score? Is the report accurate? And then go from there. So another thing that they say to improve your score, if that's your aim in this Uh, Again, not talking necessarily to those who have a great score and are just in maintenance mode, but they recommend avoiding new credit card purchases and opening new cards. So 
new credit card purchases will raise what they call your credit utilization rate, the ratio of your balance to your limit, what we talked about earlier. So we don't want to go beyond 30% ratio, credit utilization rate of what is our credit limit and how much of that are we utilizing. So be aware of your credit limit, how much of that you're spending, and don't make those new purchases. Keep that percentage of credit utilization rate low. And also opening up new cards can also impact your credit score. So if if you've not got a great credit score, opening up multiple accounts at once is not going to be a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. So the next recommendation is to leave accounts open. And so this is for that credit length history. So if you get a credit card at 18 and you just leave that open, that is going to build your credit length history over over your lifetime. So that's what I did and I didn't I didn't know that's what I was like I didn't know that's what it would do for me. I just thought my parents never had credit cards and I'm smarter than my parents because I'm 18, so I'm going to get a credit card. <laughs> that was the reasoning behind that financial decision. Perfect. I've been wise from a young age. Yes. It's always good to say <laughs> I'm smarter than others, therefore uh-huh. I'm going to do this. Great right. place to and, start. <laughs> but thankfully, that card does not have an annual fee. And so I've had it open since I was 18, and that has like solidified my credit history length. Um, and so I think... Your first step, if you're just starting out with building credit, is to get a no annual fee card and just leave it open. Make one, put one bill on auto pay for that credit card, um, whether it's paid monthly or quarterly or or whatever, and just let it run. Or if you have Chase, I don't I don't put any purchases on that card anymore. But because I have Chase and I have other Chase cards. It considers like my account still active and it's not closing the card I don't use. But some credit card companies, if I didn't use Chase and I never use that card, they might just close it on me. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to risk that. So literally open up the card, just put one bill on auto pay and just leave it there. But you don't want to do one with an annual fee because again, you don't want to pay for a higher credit score. That's like not the point. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, or and secured cards, if you can't get a regular credit card, then a secured card is where you put money onto the card or you put you give the bank like $200 and that makes your limit $200. So something like that. So maybe you have like a $10 bill you want to put on auto pay for that and you give the bank 120 and then that is covering for the year for that card. So, yeah, it was a, that's a big thing. And then don't, don't close the accounts. Nice. Yeah. Again, if there's no annual fee, if there is, then yes, close it. If you're not going to use it anymore and it has an annual fee, then there's other ways to increase your Mm -hmm. score that, like you said, Jen, don't pay for that score. The next tip is to pay off your debt. So as we've mentioned, your payment history makes up 35% of your credit score. So do not pay to increase your credit score. The point of good credit is to save you money on loans and credit card rewards. So paying interest on revolving credit card debt does not make sense. So definitely this advice of frugality and becoming debt-free still remains. Definitely pay off that debt. Mm Mm-hmm. 
For me, the last one on this list is get professional help. So this is a last resort option, but it is an option. I don't want you to be afraid of it. Again, don't pay someone to help you clean up your credit. Like These are all things that you can do yourself. But if you do have impulse control problems or if you just need somebody, you just need help, there are plenty of nonprofit credit counselors that offer debt management plans that can help. I was um, I was on the phone with a listener, and she signed up for one of these things. And I was like, "Tell me your experience." And she was like, "It really just helped, like, put everything on one payment for me, and like made it easier mentally for me." to get over the hump. Like it put somebody else in charge and it was a weight lifted. And so yeah, I like I understood that. Mm-hmm. It's not something I would do because I'm a nerd and like I like to do this stuff myself. But sometimes like if you're not a nerd, that's okay. If you've too much stuff on your plate and you just need that weight lifted, that mental load off, you can definitely find a nonprofit credit counselor and a debt management plan through them. So definitely it has to be nonprofit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Get help, but it doesn't have to be expensive help. (laughs) Right. I mean, yeah, it doesn't have to, yeah. It doesn't doesn't have to to cost you at all. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Like I'm not, I'm not sure what the cost was, but I'm pretty sure it did not cost her. Mm, That's so so great. Yeah. Help is available. And then the last thing we've talked about it already, but just being patient. This isn't going to happen overnight. We can't find out we've got a low credit score yesterday and have it increased tomorrow. This is a long game. So there are very few things we can do to build our credit fast, but doing some of the things that we've just listed out, you know, in these last 10 minutes, that'll help have your sights on all of these five areas with a particular focus on, yeah, the payment history and your, the ratio of what you utilize and and your line of credit. That'll help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what else will help? Mm, It helps me every week. It's the The bill of the the week. Right. It's time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the Bill of the Week. Hi, my name is Mary Kate and I actually just graduated from college and my Bill of the Week is my dad, Bill, because he fully explained everything about paying off my college loans and that they're starting in a month and calming me down after me freaking out about spending them and helping me figure out how to pay them off in about five years is my goal. So, yeah, that is my Bill of the Week. I hope you guys are having a great week and love and life. I love you both. Bye. Bill, your dad, amen. Amen, Bill, giving that sage dad advice. (gasps) Oh, nothing like dad Bill to talk you off the ledge and make it seem more manageable. 
Dad Bill. Dad Bill. <laughs> My dad named Bill. Oh, I'm so glad. These are the ones that I live for is when there's an actual person named Bill. So thanks, Mary-Kate. And congratulations on graduating and having a plan for how you're going to pay down that debt. And actually listening to your dad because not many young people listen to their parents. And as a new parent, I'm starting to really appreciate that. (laughs) Yes. Oh, it was your rebellion of your parents, Jen, that led you to get a credit card. Led me to this life. (laughs) All right. Here's our second bill. Hi, frugal friends. This is Carla. And my favorite bill is the bill my employer has to pay me for unused sick time. Every year, any hours accumulated over the allotted amount, I get paid for at the end of the year. It almost adds up to a full extra paycheck. It's the best thing to start a new year with. Bye. Yes, Carla. Carla, that's amazing. That is a great bill. I love the bills that are paid to us a little bit more than I like the Mm -hmm. bills that I pay. I'm going to be honest. And what an amazing incentive that your company does. I'm not sure that I've heard of that policy before but yeah that's I, awesome it benefits them too because that means you're showing up for work it probably means that it's an incentive for you to take care of yourself it's like a win-win-win across the board for eating well and exercising and showing up and then getting paid extra and washing your hands washing your hands we've yes. all learned so much recently yes. about how not to get sick Oh, man, I love it. That's awesome, Carla. I Travis got his sick time paid to him when he left his employer, but that would have been cool to receive it the first of the year. So kudos to your company for being really cool. If you want to submit your bill of the week, visit frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill. Leave us a bill. Again, whether it's a person named Bill or bills paid to you, bills you're paying, we love to hear them. How do I get my partner on board with our finances? It's a top question we get from listeners, and we've realized it's a game changer when there are tools that allow you to work together better, like Monarch. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com frugal. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple design makes it so easy to set up and manage your household finances. Plus, they have built-in collaboration features so you can invite your partner at no extra cost. After trying out Monarch myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal for your extended 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to ensuring your company has top-notch security practices, things can get complicated fast. Vanta automates compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, and more, saving you time and money. With Vanta, you can streamline security reviews by automating questionnaires and demonstrating your security posture with a customer-facing trust center. Over 7,000 global companies like Atlassian, Flow Health, and Quora use Vanta to build trust and prove security in real time. 
Listeners can claim a special offer of $1,000 off Vanta at vanta.com slash special. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash special for $1,000 off Vanta. And now it's time for Jill's favorite time of the week. Her real favorite time of the week. The lightning round. Round, 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 round. (laughs) So typically we get really vulnerable and honest in this area, but I wanted to give Jill a break. Yeah. This week, thank you. I'm resting. Yeah. I'm resting the vulnerability. I'm, protect- <laughs> I'm, de- I'm protecting my vulnerability this week. Yeah, um, that's like a that's that sounds like a trendy term. Is that thing? Is that something the kids are doing right now? Protecting their vulnerability. It's something I advise people to do as a counselor. Good. Okay. Well, vulnerability today, without protection leads to exploitation. Say that again. Say that one more time. Vulnerability without protection leads to exploitation. I want that on a on a bumper sticker. Yeah, vulnerability is good and beautiful. It's nothing we should be ashamed of, but it does require protection. Otherwise, in the hands of the wrong people, it can be exploited. Oh my gosh, that's like hashtag social media. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, okay, that's not the, that's not what that's we're not talking about point. in the lightning round, though. That's the opposite. But we are protecting vulnerability today. <laughs> yes. we're just, we are doing that. Surface. I love that. Um, okay, so we're just going to talk about some tips, like our personal tips with credit that weren't talked about in the articles. Mm. Um, so my favorite is called Experian Boost, and it is a free service, but. It only works for Experian, hence it's called Experian Boost. So if the bank is looking at the Experian score, and they tend to, Jill, you actually like reminded me of this, if they look at two scores, they'll take the higher one. So if one of those scores is Experian, this could really work for you. And it's a free service, and you sign up for it, and it when you sign up, it will count bills like your phone, utilities, streaming services toward payment history. Mm. So you can have more payment history. You can get that boost on things you're already making. So this is a definitely great if you are a renter, then you can I don't I don't know if it counts rent. It would probably say that, but you know, phone, utilities, streaming um, can definitely boost your credit score if you count mm. those. That is a really helpful tip, especially for those, yeah, who don't have a lot of credit or aren't really engaging with credit cards, but still need a good credit score for maybe Mm -hmm. these other larger purchases like a house. Uh, Even our debt-free folks, we still oftentimes can't pay for a house out of pocket. So (laughs) having a good good credit score does apply to, yeah, most of us. Mm -hmm. My tip which you helped me with, Jen. (laughs) I'm just being real. I'll I'll let that be the vulnerable part of (laughs) this lightning round. So don't pay off a loan within six months of buying a house. So if you do plan to buy a house in the next six months, even to a year, don't pay off any lingering loans that you have within those six months of like settlement date uh, where you're going to have... Um, mortgage lenders be looking at your credit score and all of that, this could diminish that score or or be a hindrance if you've got some of those loans paid off. So yeah, that's really just like for a car loan. Sometimes people ask me, should I pay off my car loan before I get a mortgage? And I'm like, well, if it's within, within six months, just keep it, stash that cash because 
Closing an account, like we said earlier, closing an account does lower your credit score for a time. It's just a time. It's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. But if you're trying to buy a house like pretty soon, don't, I mean, you just need every advantage you can get. So Mm -hmm. like, don't, don't do it right then. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, I'm fully for paying off cars and student loans. So that's the lightning round. Mm. Very tips, 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 tips. All right. Thanks so much for listening. And thank you for your awesome, fun, frugal reviews. Um, like this one from Doodle Gal. Fun and frugal. Just happens to be five stars. Love this podcast. They make me feel like I'm just chatting with my girlfriends. Great information. Always making me think of other things I can do to save money or be more mindful of what I'm buying. So. Mm. Thanks, Doodle Gal. Short and sweet, Doodle Gal. So glad to have you. Thank and you. Thank you for leaving us a review. It helps more than you realize. Yes. We also want to thank our friends who share these episodes on social media. So when you share the latest episode and tag us on Facebook or Instagram, we add you to our monthly drawing. For every five tags and reviews we get each month, we give away a copy of the Frugal Friends Workbook. Yes, so keep leaving us those reviews, screenshot them, and send them to frugalfriendspodcast at gmail.com, and don't forget to tag us on social. We do see it even if we don't respond because we're lazy and we may not see it until several days later. Mm. <laughs> yes, but we I'm do not, see it. I'm not good fully at social media, but <laughs> we see it and we appreciate it and we like it, and thank you. See you next week. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. Oh, Jill. Mm. Just this cake has been staring at me the whole time we've been recording. Oh, the cream cheese frosting. Yeah, I just want to let everybody in the airwaves know I made my I made a cake from scratch with blueberries I handpicked with my own hands. Because how else would you pick them? Except with your mouth, but that's gross. Mm. And I made my own cream cheese frosting. It's and so amazing. I have won the domestic awards for me. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, look at how domesticated you are, but you've apparently already given I've yourself already award. a reward. Yeah, for the month of May. And this was just May 2nd that I did this. <laughs> wow. So I'm really Good crushing work. it. Uh, I would love to try that cake. You will. Yeah, I hope it's still good by then. Maybe. Or I might just get in the car and drive to you. Yeah, come on over before we record the next episode. Get my hands on that cake. Blueberries and lemons are such an amazing combination. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Can't say (sighs) enough good things about that combo. Kind of like us. (laughs) Oh, oh. You're the blueberry to my lemon. Because oh we all know I'm the tart one. You are the lemon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bye. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. 
Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.